Welcome, friends and fiends. This is your host, film critic and comedian, Nate Wyckoff. And I'm here to tell you about an exciting giveaway that Warner Brothers Discovery and Colton Classic Films LLC has put together to build your 4K Ultra HD film collection on digital. We are giving away four codes which contain digital 4K Ultra HD versions of Rebel Without a Cause, Maltese Falcon, and Cool Hand Luke. These are films that you absolutely must know as a film buff. You can get this code by being one of the lucky four people we pull from our newsletter list. So go to coltonclassicfilms.com slash newsletter and give us your email and your name and we'll sign you up for the newsletter and we will enter you in the competition. That's all you got to do. So please go ahead and do that. The contest ends on April 30th and we will send out the winning codes on May 1st. Thank you so much for being a listener. And here's your episode of Colton Classic Films Podcast. Welcome to Colton Classic. <laughs> Welcome, friends and fiends, to another episode of Colton Classic Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk to you about two thematically linked movies, one mainstream and one cult, and we analyze the heck out of them. I'm your host, film critic and comedian, Nathan Wyckoff. Yes, I said comedian because I apparently developed a speech impediment in the last 15 seconds. I'm excited for this pairing. With us, uh, as often, we have Jeff Tucker. How are you doing, Jeff? What's up, buddy? Buddy! Uh, that's what you call people that aren't really friends, apparently. That's not nice. Uh, and we also have Mandy Longley. How are you doing, Mandy? I'm great, bestie. Which I've heard is also something you call people who you're not really friends with at this point, okay, as the kids friends. say. Friends. Friends. All right, buddy. Uh, yeah. Well, okay. see, in fairness, this podcast <laughs> is where you torture me and or delight me. So, ah. you know. Well, I think sometimes we I hate you and sometimes I love you. <laughs> this, uh, this, this pairing is called protect the livestock um each each of these movies has livestock in peril uh less livestock than i remember in the first selection i will be be honest about that uh but we will we'll talk about them both this is part one where we talk about the mainstream film next week is part two this week is 2001's french film brotherhood of the wolf this is sort of a a genre mashup it is a mystery horror uh, Kung Fu flick um, by Chris Christoph Gans, who did um, one of my personal favorite movies, the original Silent Hill film, which uh, reflected the game almost too deeply for most people. And then next week, we have part two with the cult film, which is Legend of the Chupacabra from 2000 by Joe Castro, which has been released on Troma uh, distribution. Uh, so you know it's good. But this week, we're going to talk about Brotherhood of the Wolf. Now, why did I call this mashup? protect the livestock because each one deals with beasts who may or may not uh, prey on uh, local livestock. Now, this film, Brotherhood of the Wolf, it did get United States release. Uh, as I said, it's a French film. It does feature some um, some cast members who are common in the uh, US film market. Um, and it is really slick. Uh, the production values and, and cinematography is really, really high quality in this one. This is not a low budget feature. Um, we'll get into some of the details on that. The plot is based on a fictional story set around a real event. Uh, in the mid 1700s, it actually waged much longer than that. There was a creature that was tormenting and killing people in France and uh, uh, this creature was never really, uh, 
they don't know what it was. Um, that lots of reports said it was wolf-like. So people in history have, have thought it would be wolves. Uh, I, I, I have my own ideas about that. Um, and, and then at one point, basically the nobility said, oh, we caught it. And they had a, I think it was a wolf or something. And then the killings continued for like two years after that. So clearly they didn't really have it. In this movie, there's a fictionalized reason uh, for the truth being obscured. And uh, as always, there are spoilers in this. I, I don't know that this, I don't think the spoilers will ruin this movie for you, but if you like the idea of a Kung Fu film with Mark Dukakis um, and it's with really slick production values uh, that's set in sort of a, a medieval, not medieval, but a, a 1700s French film genre, I'm really mumbling it up today. If any of that sounds interesting to you, just go watch this movie and then come back because uh, we will spoil some of the plot points. Although, like I said, I, I think it would still be enjoyable. I mean, I enjoyed it and I know exactly what happens. Okay, diving right in here. This movie was chosen uh, by specifically Jeff. Jeff asked me to do this movie forever ago uh, and I uh, have been making him earn it by showing him all the other selections that we've had. Um, that's not totally true, uh, but I also wanted to do this movie, uh, but he didn't know that. So Jeff, I know you've seen this movie many times. Uh, going into this film this time, uh, what, did you, what did you expect and what did you come out with? Uh, well, I haven't actually watched it for a long time. Um, so I had actually forgotten some of the plot points, um, but you know, I knew, most of it and generally where he's going and as uh as you mentioned before it's still enjoyable um and i i think the thing that i love about this movie so much is is it is uh this genre mashup which uh could like fail kind of tonally and like not really understand what it is but in this case i think it just works throughout like there it, it you know it has a lot of action that's very um uh, fun like I, I love the uh, still love the scene where they're trying to capture the beast um, and they have like these kind of series of traps um, that scene is I, I think is is actually still holds up even though the CGI of the, the bear is is not great um, uh, just the uh, the rest of the action is is still still quite good um, you know and the fight scenes are good but it has a lot um beyond that there really is a lot of like mystery and character development um you could you could literally cut out all of the action scenes and you would still have a long film that worked um and i think that's the thing that 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 i love about this um and you don't see very often it doesn't come around very often that you have um these types of um like long um films where um, they never really pick a lane um they never they, it's it's not like a, a horror film with with a monster because there's so much like political elements going on um where you have real characters you know like you know discussing at dinner um uh, you know the what to do about uh, the beast and each one of them has an interesting viewpoint um and then our main character is a taxidermist which is just 
strange, right? Like it's just like a strange perspective, mm-hmm. um, but it makes sense in the in the perspective of this. Is he's kind of the scientist and the the thinker, and you know he's at at this dinner table, you know, with all these nobles like talking about their ideas and their superstitions and all of their beliefs, and then he basically tricks them into thinking that this like uh, furry fish exists. Um, yeah, he straight up trolls them. He's like, "Look, yeah. what nature is so amazing," and then he's like, "Just kidding, stupid." <laughs> you know you idiots like how could you believe that this is real um but that's that's the thing you know it's um that that then plays in later because the king actually asks him to create a beast um it's it's all it's a very intricate uh, narrative uh with um you know really good writing in bits and um great character pieces um so that that's you know the long-winded reason that like I love it and I still love it. Um, let's, let's, let me give a quick rundown of the plot for those who, who aren't super familiar. So it, uh, as I said, there's a beast, it's killing people, peasants essentially, uh, in, in the forests of this area in France. And the film is also filmed in France and uh, everyone speaks French. So uh, there is an English dub. It is, I'm going to warn you, I did not think it was very good. I actually thought it was quite a terrible dub. Um, there's two types of dubs, I think as a film viewer that we expect either one where it doesn't match with the mouths at all, but maybe that gives them some more freedom to more accurately portray the text or they try and, and truncate it sometimes to make it fit the speech. I feel like this one does neither. It doesn't fit the speech and the translation is not 100% accurate. Even the subtitles are actually changed a bit um, because US releasing didn't think that we knew enough about French history. And guess what? We don't. Uh, so that's probably accurate. But well, I think <clears> like some of the voice acting was still like, okay, because there's actually some done of them by was the actually same, was the same like, people. Actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> some of them was not. Um, the love yeah. interest is a truly terrible i think choice um just because it's really heavy-handed it's 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 almost farcical um but you do kind of get used to it uh my biggest problem with it was it sometimes runs extremely past the character's speech on screen or starts before you should uh, absolutely watch this in french if you don't I have agree. time to focus on the screen and watch this film in french don't watch it I mean, like, wait, wait uh, until the you French do. Is, yeah, the French is much better because the cast is quite good. Um, so their acting works even better when they're speaking in the language that it's being recorded in. Um, and subtitles, it's not, I mean, the plot has some twists and turns and some things, but it's not a difficult film to read and understand. The, the commentary from the characters is quite pithy. Um, but anyway, so as, as Jeff said, the king's taxidermist is brought in because the king wants this beast caught. The local authorities are working on it. And uh, when it is caught, he wants it stuffed and mounted so he can parade it around uh, and show like, look what I did as the king. Now, uh, what happens is, is the local people cannot catch it. The, the military has failed. So uh, he send, the king sends a, uh, a higher up military person to essentially s- s- take a wolf, a dead wolf and say, here, fake this, make this into a beast, uh, which our lead uh, does. And yet he then goes back because the love of his life there that he's fallen in love with has said she will uh, she will meet with him and she will be with him. Um, but he's like, okay, then I will catch the beast and then we will go. And he's convinced the beast is not supernatural and it is not a wolf. Um, he, he eventually finds truth in this uh this is a spoiler alert it is um the well i think i mean he specifically believes that it's 
uh, a plot because he right. finds he uh, there's a book that's being circulated. It's like mm-hmm. a propaganda based on the existence of the wolf um, as a way to uh, recruit followers um, and uh, essentially sow um, kind of uh, political discontent. And, yeah, yeah, political. There you go. I think. Yep. And so the king doesn't like this book happening. Uh, he wants he he's ordering people to get rid of it, and he also wants uh, this resolved. So even though the beast clearly is not caught, he wants um, to have a beast. You know, he, he's fine. He tells the police to find a body, basically. Uh, and uh, but then they go, and the 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 twist is is that the brother of um, our lead's love is uh in, his name is uh, gregor de fronsac they call him fronsac played by samuel le behan uh, and again my french is terrible i've i've said that on this podcast before so apologies for bad pronunciation but um fronsac is his love interest brother who is played by the in, incredible actor he's one of the best villains in the working today vincent cassell uh eastern promises he was in black swan he's just really really excellent uh, he plays the incestuous brother uh, who basically is a well-known hunter. He went to Africa, uh, lost his right arm to a lion. Turns out he didn't lose it. It was just mangled. And he brings back the cubs of the lion. Uh, and he trains the strongest one to be this beast. He, he armors it and he trains it in like pit fights uh, with the peasantry. And then, or the you know the peasantry help him. There's this healer who helps him heal the beast when he gets wounded. And then he controls the beast, sort of like a hunting dog, and he sends it out to kill uh, peasants, women uh, mostly, it seems, for unknown reason, perhaps I don't know. Anyway, uh, that's misogyny there, I guess. Yeah, I, it's a little confused. That that's a little weak, but anyway, <laughs> I know. it was a joke. <laughs> no, I think I think that's implied, but um, you know, maybe he can't because he can't have the woman he loves because it's his sister. Anyway, uh, but anyway, so this is resolved, and then eventually, uh, he's killed, and the beast is is killed, which it be, turns the beast ends up being kind of a victim, right? Because it's a it's it's basically like a fighting animal that's that's been forced to do this and live this way, and they essentially humanely put it down uh there's a lot more to unpack in here but that's the basic plot um throw in the very very uh strange not totally unwelcome but highly problematic fact that um Fransac's right hand man his blood brother is a mohawk indian brought from uh the one of the wars uh that the french ended up fighting with the nations there in canada uh played by uh, mark dacascus who i mean whether you know him from iron chef or like me double dragon um fiend of the pod john wick or john wick three he's really really fantastic he's a great actor he's a great martial artist um i think a lot of people right off the bat nowadays they'd be like wait he's playing a native american that's problematic i agree to an extent um i will say at least they did cast someone of color he's uh of mixed mixed ancestry he's i believe japanese filipino irish lots of so i mean and he played the part well it's not exactly like they cast johnny depp to play you know a a a role originally written for samuel jackson or something but again you know an argument could certainly be made uh and this is 2001 so it's not shocking that this wasn't really on the radar of people making movies at the time uh, but that's something to consider uh, but he plays the super good fighter tracker martial artist um 
uh, Mohawk Indian, only survivor of uh, the his his village uh, when it was destroyed, decimated by smallpox and uh, French soldiers, and he ends up having a blood brothership with uh, Fronsac. So they are sort of a package deal. And when he Manny is his name, when Manny discovers the beast truth that he's being sort of trained and housed and healed by the peasantry, uh, they kill him. And that sends Fronsac on a, a, a patriot style rampage and he kills everyone and it leads to the climax eventually. So Mandy, I know you've seen this film before as well. What were you expecting going in this time and what did you come out with? Yeah, so I originally saw this film in theaters. I believe that it was in French with subtitles, like in the theater. Um, I, as you guys know, like I own the DVD. It is in my short stack that is like actually out for semi-regular consumption. because yes, I do still own physical media. Uh, physical media for the win. I know a lot of our listeners out there love um, them as well. I was like, where the frick can we stream this? Because I'm lazy and want to watch it in my living room. And then I was like, I don't care. I'm just going to go to the room that has a DVD player. Because it's not the same. So not the same room <laughs> in my house. Um, and watch it there. <laughs> I, yeah, so I have seen it many, many times. Um, and basically, I was just expecting to enjoy it yet another time. Um, the one thing I got out of this um, that I maybe had not gotten before, like truly appreciated, is like the love interest subplot with Manny, like the blood brother sidekick and the animal healer's daughter. Like she doesn't yeah. even have a speaking role. I don't nope. think she says a single thing in the nope. whole movie. And I don't think I like truly caught that in previous watchings i always uh -huh. assumed like oh she must be saying something like at some point like not a single line uh and i was just like she's supposed to be mute is this just the mystique what the f is going on here uh they just didn't feel like she even needed to have a speaking role because um like the healer has like a equally prominent role and he has speaking lines so yeah um yeah so, so that's so this is an interesting one so we we have this kind of moment where um that plays out at the, the opening of the movie well the opening of the movie is a is a woman getting killed by this mysterious beast um it's it's quite heavy-handed in its in its action and horror fatality so it definitely sets it up that this is a monster film among many genres um so monster fans will i think be happy with this um, but then it goes to what becomes a martial arts fight scene to show us the next genre of film that works in here um where manny uh fights a bunch of um i guess peasants uh who are harassing an old man and his daughter the old man is a healer we learn and um the daughter just a sort of a beautiful feisty um they play her kind of like a romani gypsy person this is a question i and i've been unable to find the reality of, of who these are supposed to be is the peasant if they're peasantry they seem very foreign in the in the landscape that the film has built they they fight using strange sort of wolverine clawed weapons um I they're, they're, they were roma i, I assume roma, as well right? it's unclear though because they're assisting we'll get into more of the political aspect of this film but um 
I thought they were, or they were some sort of um, what the nobility would call barbarian clan, because there were many different ethnic uh, groups uh, and territorial groups in France at the time. Uh, and so it's possible. But the fact that I realized I didn't see anybody else other than the nobility and those people, and that made me think maybe they were supposed to be the peasantry. We'll talk more about that. But she doesn't, you're right, this, this character doesn't have any lines. Um, and she sort of, she has, does two things, violence and sexuality, right? And she sort of seduces uh, just with a look, uh, Manny's character is very drawn to her. Um, they never actually have sex. She's the reason he stops and gets captured and eventually and, and killed actually immediately um, in, when he discovers the, the truth about the beast. And then she's killed by the prostitute, which is actually a French secret agent of, of the nobility um, at the end of the movie. I looked online because this is an interesting character to try and figure out what the hell they were thinking of with this character besides just, hey, uh, Manny has to have a, a hot chick somewhere. And uh, it, and which is very possible as far as the thought process. But what, it, what some people were arguing is that she is a stand-in for the, the basically the peasant revolt, the social uprising element of of the French Revolution, where she at that point in time she only wanted blood, uh, and we're not French; we are stateside, so we do not have a a, a clear vibe on. Uh, I would hazard to say on on what current atmosphere in in French climate uh, is towards the revolutions, but. I will say this, the movie on this viewing has odd leanings towards nobility as being superior, which I found surprising, um, perhaps because in our current climate, I feel like we are much more in line with having the, the working class, the hero, and those in power not doing their job. Um, and it's, it's very strange to see this difference that I didn't remember before because it's, it's secondary were, to the action. I thought they were making fun of the nobles quite a lot. Like they were actually poking fun of the ignorance and the, uh, uh, you know, kind of small mindedness of, of the nobles a lot. And I, and I actually thought, so just as, as, as my take on um, the, you know, the, uh, the woman you were speaking of the um i don't know uh, that she's named yeah, I, I don't yeah I, and like the two men that she um she was with at the beginning i don't even know the relationship mm. there and whatnot. but to she, me she they were like care off two men yeah they they felt like kind of the core of like a building of this you know rebellion or this this um cult you know the the brotherhood of the wolf here um you start with the crazies you know you start with the people like the 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 people like that who maybe are just interested in some violence and some blood and some sex um and you get them in first and then you bring you you use then use the propaganda to bring in uh more people um so that's kind of that was to me it was the, um uh what's what was his name uh um our villains um jean-francois jean-francois yes uh is to me they were his like 
kind of like first henchmen um the the people that were just going to go along with this this crazy noble that was just going to kill people with a beast you know like you don't you don't go you know you don't start with uh the person that needs some convincing with some you know clever propaganda you start with the person that's just like oh we're gonna kill somebody with a lion that we're like strapping armor to yeah that sounds like fun and so that's to me was these characters they're very eccentric um you know like they had um you know they like they didn't really communicate with words very much but uh, i thought they were very expressive and they gave them a lot of screen time actually um they did to um to kind of that's why i couldn't even believe they like didn't have any lines yeah it it is it is a strange choice i agree but like it it felt like like that they were they they were given a lot of time to emote and kind of give off this kind of animalistic yeah um you know like untamed i'm coming at you feel which is to me would be the type of person i would start with if i wanted to start you know a revolution just as my henchman so this what's interesting i'm going to preface it this way um having a, a good friend a film critic as a good friend and i know as a film critic it means two things it means one you will have someone who introduces you to many films you would never have known about otherwise which is great and on the other hand it it crushes your spirit because you always have someone on hand who ruins things you love and Mm -hmm. i know that this is true of uh of me i've accepted it um i i have gotten uh, nasty letters from people after writing reviews before and i think i'm very kind in all even my reviews of the most dismal mistakes um as kind as possible especially among critics but i will say this and i'm going to preface all of this with i enjoy watching this movie when i see it i enjoyed it the least this time that i've ever enjoyed it and mm. i have and it's it's because of the complications to the plot um the action is still great um the 3d visuals on the monster they don't hold up as well as they did 10 years ago even um this is why it's really really best to work primarily with physical props um as much as possible there is an animal there is a monster head in this that's quite well done um and when they use that it's great when you see the 3d monster jumping around it's sort of resident evil code veronica gamecube version right um yeah they do some like really close-ups of like the eyes like that's really good yeah because it's a physical prop you know yeah um and so but but otherwise i enjoy all of those aspects of this movie i am i feel like there are messages in the script of this movie that were not intentional or that are very counter to things we would expect now the the idea that the only two groups we see are, as you said, Jeff, animalistic um, fodder, right? Um, very, very passion-based. They're, they're, they're physical. They're, they're what we, ex- they're what we would envision if you said the word savages, right? That's what they seem barbarous, uh, not actually from barbarous, but anyway. So that's that's what they are. And then we have the nobility, who I agree, the older nobility especially are kind of dumb um they're made to be a fool all the time and they look ridiculous right because they have the um extreme fake you know they have the wigs um uh, that are powdered and the um sort of garish makeup on on the men that we've come to sort of expect from from films taking place in this period which uh, 
historically seems to be the case. That seems to be what people, people thought was in fashion, um, which is in contrast to our two leads, right? Um, uh, Fronsack and Manny both do not adhere to that. They don't wear the makeup. They don't. Um, I will say uh, Samuel uh, Lebehan's character, Fronsack, does have very orange lips and of course he's in a big budget movie he's wearing makeup everybody is but i will say this the jump to hd has altered colors in some ways and that is a post-production change you actually will notice this on tv sometimes when they up when they alter the color then they try and color match things sometimes lips uh of people will become ultra orange uh and that's I think I think they should work hard to fix that because to me it's it's very striking in certain scenarios when you see someone with orange lips because you assume they're wearing orange lipstick. Um, that's one of the few things I noticed watching an HD of this version of this when I've watched standard definition for so long uh, of this movie. I guess my biggest issue is that this movie is takes place right before the French revolution and there were many atrocities committed by the the revolutioners um of course there were also many atrocities committed for centuries from the nobility and and the clergy and and the, the second and up class structure that france had at the time um and we know that that's kind of what happens when you have people who you have haves and have nots eventually the have nots will push back and, and riot and so forth and um, at the end of this movie, we have an interesting framing story. We, we learned that the friend of Fransac uh, from the, the local nobility, um, Thomas de Apter, or uh, I don't, I, I have no idea how you pronounce his name. And I, it sounded like Archer in the, in the dub, um, but it's played by Jeremy Renner. Uh, he's also another excellent actor. He was in In Bruges. Uh, he's, he's been in many, many movies. Uh, he is telling the story basically from years later before he is essentially brought to we assume the guillotine or to a public mob execution of some kind um which is you're you're muting on and off mandy which is a pet peeve of mine uh in storytelling in general i hate that that i don't know device i guess we call it i would call it i agree the the fr i agree and and it's not necessary um i think uh we could have had it in any number of ways but the 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 weird part about it is yes this is based on a, a a historical event kind of like a very rough historical event that has multiple different perspectives um you didn't have to choose this date range for this event exactly um because it, it's quite a big date range that the beast apparently prayed and the victims are anywhere from depending on what sources you go by from the time and after uh, a dozen to 600 it is wild so you could have taken even more liberties because the liberties are already taken um and what the the pushing this up against the revolution has this weird effect of saying because we haven't really gone into the, that they have a big master villain here, right? And I think there's a reason for that. Jeff, you mentioned that um, uh, the 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 brother of the love interest Marianne is the one that the villain, right? He's the one that that caught the cub and trained it. But actually, he's being controlled by the clergyman of the family who has um, taught him that his incestuous desire, uh, the only way he can defeat it 
is by using the beast. And we get this very, very late in the game and very few lines to give this to us. Um, and so what he does is he, he, he sort of is using him, right? And they build this cult uh, that is, is essentially, we guess they're going to overthrow the monarchy, uh, which is of course what the, the revolutionaries do. And, but the problem here is very, it's very confused because if you're trying to parallel this with the revolution saying essentially we defeated this evil plot and now unfortunately the evil plots happened, which is kind of what it feels like um, because our Lee, our happy, nice guy is getting executed at the end. The problem is, is that that first revolution was not a good revolution. Um, and that makes it seem like the French revolution was inherently bad, which is arguable uh, in, our, in our history today. Also, we know that first revolution was bad um, because it was by essentially Christian zealots controlling a group of people and killing whoever got in the way. In fact, the reason the brothers sort of, we discover all this is because the brother, uh, we assume rapes and tries to murder his sister and uh, because they're going to kill her because she knows too much because she's interested in the guy that they also are trying to kill uh, the taxidermist. Um, it gets very confused near the end. It, it does, you can pull it apart and see where the lines lead, but introducing this ultra villain who is the religious member so late in the game without having any inkling that that's the case is, it, it's the one thing I forget no matter how many times I watch this movie because it seems so inconsequential and essentially unnecessary. Um, the, I actually read quite a few reviews online from just average joe viewers who were really angry at this because apparently uh at least in the united states where there's a lot of a big contingent of the so especially the social right who's angry that christians are always the villains i'm like well you know maybe don't lead a few crusades into into your own lands and other lands and, and maybe you'll be a little better received but it it's a problem um especially since the if we're if they're trying to parallel this potential coup that stopped to the revolution the coup that is stopped is started by the nobility and the clergy who are not peasantry they are above the peasantry which so and, and in fact clergy were targeted by the peasantry later so it's really weird to have these two revolutions so close and because my mind goes to a parallel and yet if you try and draw a parallel it doesn't work and so i it's like you're it's like they were close enough that they're like, well, what if we work this in? What if we work this in? What if we work this in? Oh, it's going to be so complicated and so beautiful. And I don't think that works. Um, it, it also, it's confusing because as you said, Jeff, at times they make the nobility look stupid, but then there's really grand, super wonderful people in the nobility, like the storyteller of the story, um, who seems like a really nice guy. And then there are also like essentially garbage animalistic people um and i use animalistic as in like working strictly off the id right like whatever they want i take um through violence or whatever means as the other class and i i guess when faced with those two groups the audience is essentially pushed to side with the nobility which is just a weird place to be um and we get and we also get like like fronsac talks about the atrocities that the French military carried out on the Native Americans um, that led to his blood brothership with Manny. And yet, and so we know that that's not good either, but he is working for the king. And the whole 
it's just really confused. Like there's a lot of elements and it's sort of um, one, one critical review of this movie that I, that I saw called it something like um, an eighth graders understanding of, of, uh, of 1700s France. <laughs> and it kind of, it kind of does read that way. Um, it's that old argument that I put forward so many times. If you're going to have really serious things in your movie, like really serious events, real events or, or social problems, like, like rape and aggression towards women, things like that, you, you have to give it a certain amount of breathing room in your story to exist in our minds and and give it the importance that it deserves. And in this case, yes, I know the French Revolution is not recent memory for most of us, um, but it's a really weird thing, especially right now at this period in time in the West, uh, especially in the United States, but uh, France has its own extreme right-wing um, problems. It's a weird, it's a weird movie to watch now. Um, that was my problem with it. Uh, my biggest problem. Um, Sounds a bit you, like microwave cake to me. I I don't I don't <laughs> think so. Um, no, I, I mean I get your point. It's just it's it's a little for me. Like when I watch films, like I can I can I can imagine that this is like uh, you know a fant a fantastical fan fantastical version of history right you know we we've had like a lot of stuff where you retell history in a different mm -hmm. way like uh you know django like yeah like that's not realistic for for the um for for precisely what happened but it's like a fantastical universe that can kind of like exist in uh in relation to the to the you know the the plane that we exist in here and I, I, at least for me, like I can, I can live it, live with some liberties being taken. Sure. Um, I think that if you, I agree with your point about like rape, like if you use rape and then like, mm -hmm. you know, you, you don't do that justice, like that's bad. But like, when you go back and tell like, cause like history is stories, right? Like it, it is, sure. it is, it's just a, a series of stories that we, um, uh, you know, basically contextualize how we've developed to where we are um mm -hmm. not all of them are precisely true like there's uh sure you know a lot of a lot of stuff that's taken from you know a lot of different places to essentially create the story of our of our past but like we don't have like you know a recording there was a twitter back then well people yes. weren't like recording precisely what um like you know the day's events it was more like, you know, you have like letters and like things get extrapolated. Sure. From that. My, my problem is not so much with the liberties taken with the historical events. Cause like the harder they fall is a good example, right? They it's completely fictionalized events with theoretically real people. And in this way, this movie is similar because most of the main players are actual, were actually alive. These, they were actually real people, except for Manny. He was not, he was an invention, um, but they are real people uh, during a real sort of event in French history, my problem is sort of the outcome and the presentation of it because we haven't really touched on Manny is a problematic character today. Um, not just because, and I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna dwell on the fact that he's played by um, someone who isn't Native American. As I said, he is a person of color, um, and that's, you know, that's a huge step. Um, he's, he's, and he does a great job at it. So, what are you gonna do? Um, it is 2001, uh, you know, we would probably do better going forward. My issue is, is that 
in Django, because this is a pretty good parallel, I think, in Django, at the end, it inverts the white savior problem because the white savior helps Django get to where he can succeed. He fixes the iniquity, but then he dies and he doesn't resolve the problem. Django himself resolves the problem. In this one, we get essentially um, Manny is fridged, right? He is, he is so much in every way, he is the superior to our lead character. He's mm -hmm. a better detective. He's a better, he seems like a better person um, in some ways. He's not kind of a douche. Um, he's a better fighter. He's better in all these ways. And he's killed to propel our white lead to success. Um, and when you couple that with the fact that the white lead is also a privileged war hero and, and in the King's entourage, um, and then you couple it with the, the parallels of the revolution, I feel like you really have a problematic outcome. And I didn't expect that to ring for me this time. And now it does. Um, so I can only imagine what it would, it makes me, it makes me want to speak to uh, Christoph Gantz and the, the script writer um, who is, is a, Christoph Gantz and Samuel, uh, no, not Samuel, sorry. Um, Stefan Cabell uh, wrote the script. And it's not, again, perhaps it's, I think at best, it's sort of tone deaf to reality. At worst, it actually is probably promoting something that I don't agree with, uh, which is something that some people still believe that the revolution was uh, full of unnecessary excesses. I mean, it was to an extent, but it's just too, too problematic for me. Um, and I didn't expect that to hit me this time. And it really did hurt the movie for me, especially since we, we get the, it's, it's even more than that because right. The, at the end, um, our lead leaves with the love. He saves his love's wife using the special healing herb that Manny had uh, in his bracelet and that he used to save a, a girl earlier on, a young girl early on. And they potentially go off. We don't know what actually happens to them. But his other love interest, who was a, a pretending to be a prostitute and a fortune teller, but was actually essentially French secret service, um, she kills Manny's love interest, the, the crazy um, woman who was, was the healer's daughter. And I, I don't know what to make of that either. Because again, you have a woman who seemed powerless because she was a prostitute or whatever, and she turns out to actually be quite powerful. Um, and she's executing a, a powerless epile epileptic, um, which is another weird choice that they gave this, this healer's daughter um, that, to make her an epileptic. And I, I, just, I, I just don't know how to take it anymore um, because it's those scenes are put in there and it's hard not to read that they're put in there with intent because they didn't have to be there at all. We could have never seen that character at all again. And I really wouldn't have expected it one way or the other. Um, and yet we get this scene where it's sort of like, here's the nice wrap up, um, fancy French lady, uh, executed, executed, impoverished victim girl. And, and I just, I don't know what to think of that. I mean, yeah. that, did that strike? I mean, I, I get like all, all like all your points. Like, 
like for example like watching this film like you know hearing like the word red skin like just like a little bit like jarring um especially since you know until this year there's a you know a football team named the redskins uh you know progress at least you know that that is uh finally changing um but you know yeah there's like all these kind of jarring things and like you know we're we're struggling with our history like even our history from you know 20 years ago when this movie was made because it's like because the history is not i think that i read intent in this whereas it's it's one thing calling calling manny's character a redskin or a savage or at one point somebody says the negroes like it is yes at the time they would probably use really terrible terms for everyone who isn't white or french um and and that's we understand that i think as viewers but the message of the film still is that you of all the characters you're shown the the rich nobility who have all the power are the only heroes no one else is even barely a good person we can assume maybe that the healer is sort of forced into this um into healing the beast that kills people but it just it just doesn't i mean we're given exposition about characters that are problematic that raises them up and i just don't see it anywhere else and it's real weird and it's weird that they make it so the beast they say specifically the beast only kills women and children although it does kill a young man later near the end and i just i don't i don't get it um i feel like i i i guess i just you you like there's not i i agree that you know it would be you know nice if every film was able to to scope every single you know person that is affected by a story but uh, the nobles were not good in this film they were they were idiots for the most part they were fucking morons and they were not know. they were not portrayed well like for the most part like the king you know was just a political monster uh yeah the, but everybody else the father of marianne was seemed like a kind man um uh jeremy I mean, does character. every does every character have to be like maligned and monstrous for, for no you but to tell is the there, story no, like I, I think that they were who's good yeah but they isn't... didn't they didn't they didn't Noble? basically say nobles are great because there's so many basically the majority of nobles in the story there's nobody else idiots. in the movie except for savages that have no lines but i mean is there one character besides manny who in of, of himself is really weird for a french director and writer to take a native american and then do weird things like it, mohawks didn't burn I, to my understanding mohawks near Nation didn't burn their bodies he would know that they buried them in, in mounds so like it's just there's well i so agree many... with if you if that's your comment i agree with like the inaccuracies well, of but um, he's the only character that is yeah. not noble who is nice or good everyone else we see we don't you think that the healer's daughter is going to be that character to some extent and instead she's not she's actually not at all um and then and so i just if you have a complete lack it's like if you it's the same argument we've had you know people have um when talking about bipoc representation if you only have good like say white people in a movie and this is a class thing i don't think it's a race thing it's in this movie it's a class problem if you if you only have good white people it doesn't matter if you show like bad white people too 
because you also you, you, the, the ratio goes completely whack. We only see nobility acting good in this movie. And then when you pair it with the fact that at the end, the nobleman is, I had to stay behind to take care of my people. And then he solemnly hugs his friends and family and walks in to be executed by the evil. <laughs> like it's real. I, I feel like that message is intentional. It, I can't get around that. Um, I don't know. What's your take, Mandy? Cause it, to me, that seems it's too much evidence to the contrary for me when you have that, that problem. Never really thought about it this deeply. I <laughs> didn't be either. Totally honest. I'm uh, really glad that um, you're bringing those things up. So, I mean, I don't know if it's intentional or if it's one of those like subconscious things, like you said the quiet part out loud, like, <laughs> oops. <laughs> right, um, I agree, yes. Kind of things. Like, I don't think it was probably part of the master plan and writing it to say like this is the point i'm trying to make or like i'm trying to do this but like eh, maybe that's what happens like when yeah. you know when you really deeply analyze it that's kind of i guess how i would take it i i guess my biggest fear and we can move to the recommendations here because i i i do hear what you're saying jeff I, and i i agree mandy i don't know that it was intentional but mm. are, no i don't know that it was conscious i do yeah, feel conscious. like it is intentional okay. um and, and we'll just move on. I'll start with the recommendation. And this pains me. I'm not saying, I'm not saying don't watch this movie, but I am officially saying I don't recommend this movie to any, everyone these days. And it, it sucks because in the earlier 2000s, especially when it came out, I would sing this movie's praises. It's beautifully shot. It's a little bit James Wan-ish in that the props and everything are almost too perfect. It's, it's very, it's very extremely highlighted, but at the same time, it works with the cinematography. There's only a couple of times where it gets super 2000s with like the slow-mo where there's actually a slow-mo freeze frame, slow-mo freeze frame, slow-mo freeze frame. Um, most of the, the choreography is great. Um, the direction is fun. Characters go flying through walls and shit. Like it's, it's exciting. Um, I will say also the movie, whether you watch the director's cut, which is about 12 minutes longer, it rounds out at almost two hours and 30 minutes exactly, or the original cut, which is 12 minutes shorter they're too long. Um, I, I don't, it's not that I hated the extra length, but um, there's a lot of back and forth. There's about three times I counted when I thought the climax was coming. Um, and then instead the beast gets away and they go back to the castle. It <laughs> was, the beast gets away I mean, and they yeah. back to the castle. But then it um, also has kind of multiple endings it is the way it yeah. feels. Not even it's, the it's climax very, part. It's very, it's very like Lord, Lord of the Rings. Rings. Yeah, yeah, like very Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, very um, Lord of the Rings kind of uh style of storytelling yeah i i'm a huge mark takaskas fan i think he's fantastic in this movie um i i think he does really great i mark we love you i really i really think you're you're awesome in this i think you also i think whether or not you have a problem with them casting someone who is native american for this role which is a very as i said viable point um and i don't think would happen now I think he treated it with a great deal of respect, I felt. Whether or not it's accurate, he did apparently study some Mohawk um, culture. Um, he learned French for this role, that's pretty cool. Um, but regardless, I think he really did put a solid heart effort into this. Um, Vincent Castle is great. There's a story that he, uh, as, the, as the creepy brother, there's a story that he turned down the role um, because he's like, he's not, he, he needs to be, he needs to be worse. 
Um, and so then they worked in the extra creepy bit of, of uh, uh, and made him, you know, lust after his sister, just, just a scarier figure. Uh, and I commend that because I think it's necessary for that character because he's both a victim and a villain, uh, which is sometimes the best, oftentimes the best. Uh, pacing issues aside, the the message it, it's one of those things like watching song of the south it's not that extreme per se because it isn't racial it is social uh which i think we do treat with a little less um concern than racial concerns uh these days which is again understandable deal with the worst things first and then work your way up I, if you're watching song of the south it's sort of like you need to step forward in front of everyone and say we're going to talk about why this movie's not okay first then you can enjoy the movie and but be aware what you're watching is racist okay that's a hard mindset to get across so it ends up essentially being canceled right uh and i don't like to use that word i'm not using it in the cancel culture term i'm, I'm just using it as the word canceled brotherhood of the wolf it's kind of a similar thing it's harder to see you can just watch it as jeff said uh as an action movie um but I do think as an action movie, you're gonna, if you're just watching it for that, you're gonna get tired of some of the back and forths. But still, the action's really, really good. Uh, and, and the set design and everything is stunning. Um, the costumes are great. All of that is visually great. I still enjoyed this movie. I, it's like watching Death Wish, uh, which I really, I love that movie. Um, but it was written as extreme right-wing propaganda and it was taken by the uh hard law right wing to crack down on people of color inner cities all of that um so it's a problematic film i still love that film but i'm aware of its limitations i don't recommend this one as widely as i would have before because i see those problems in it and i don't really like it uh, I don't like that problem. It, it hit me too hard in the wrong way and it, it made it so I couldn't enjoy it the same way. That's my split recommendation. Watch this movie if you like monster movies and you analyze movies and you can understand that there's a problematic viewpoint about class in this movie. Most people I feel like don't want that. They want an action movie. Then you're probably gonna go somewhere else. Go watch um, anything. There's so many good action movies. Watch a Jet Li movie. Um, I'll leave it there. Jeff, uh, what's your final take on Brotherhood of the Wolf? Would you recommend it? If so, why and how? Um, yeah, I would recommend this. Um, I, I I will put a caveat to it because the, the 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 CGI really did not. It didn't. I it I didn't expect it to be as wonky as it was. I, I remember it being a little little off. Uh, I didn't remember it being as off as it is. Uh, it's really it's really distracting. Um, I do think the up to HD might have heard it too possibly yeah um it's it is a it is it's it's tough it's tough in in this age when we have so such good cgi um to to take a step back um and and not kind of get taken out of the thing that you're watching um but uh, i i don't i i don't i still even though nate's wax poetic for a very long time i still don't <laughs> see the movie the way he does uh when you make a movie about nobles, you know, and you ha have some of them be complete doofuses and have some of them have like a, a you know, a little bit of heart. Uh, and then, you know, you have a few other characters that aren't nobles, uh, you know, it's going to be a toss up. Uh, 
and I think that they they colored the nobles moronically enough. And there's there's I cannot imagine a person that goes to this movie and is like, gosh, like these nobles are something special. Like I I just can't imagine that they're they're fucking morons. <laughs> they're so stupid, and they're they're like shown to be fools again and again. That's actually my favorite part of the taxidermist. He's a scientist, and he's going and he he enjoys mocking these nobles like it's like that's like his pastime like as far as i can tell the only reason he's there is because he enjoys making fun of these people um yeah he does troll and i enjoy that about that character and i, I like that that it you know that's why we have tat on as much take. as possible there you go um but you know having said that um yeah i i do i the action is i, I still love the action there's just so many just great moments in this film um that are they're totally watchable i do totally agree with nate like just watching a movie now like we do think differently and like when i see mark in this role i fucking love him but it, by it the is way a... he is hot i am a i am a straight cisgendered man and mark he's, a, he's, he's looks is, good i like iconically beautiful in this movie i mean he's fighting in a loincloth and body paint and like holy crap like if i could look like him i wouldn't be running a podcast I, <laughs> are you kidding me i wouldn't have to work a day in my life um yeah. anyway so that's that's yeah so anyways uh but yeah we do we do there's there's like a little frustration with that type of thing i kind of get it like it, it and and this is i think the the really tough thing with 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 native americans there are unfortunately so few of them in 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 terms of the population of uh of america and so to go and find somebody or diseases for, knocked out uh over 92 percent of them are the current estimates uh, and, it and makes pestilence. me fucking cry like at yeah. night like i i literally weep about this every once in a while it's it's it it hurts um so you know it's it's a question of do we do we get them at all in our um interestingly enough i did do a search for martial artist actors who are native american there oh, are cool. some there they, are some, they could yeah. have they they could have they could have, they could have found it. some yeah, yeah. I, I agree though i mean it's this was not pushed hard even in the, in the states i don't even know about france it was not pushed hard at all in the states in the 2000s and we've seen that um i mean we're gonna do i'm sure we will do a a, a white washed white picket fence pairing at some point where we see some of the worst examples of um whitewashing i mean we had john wayne play genghis khan in the conqueror okay like <laughs> it's hard pressed to get worse than that um uh so like but we've had our missteps um i don't think you know the conversation goes on i don't think this decision would have been made uh later i don't i don't personally hold uh mark or gantz uh at odds for this i mean we all were watching lone ranger when johnny depp was um you know and yes i know don't go trolling our tag saying johnny depp is native american he's like part very small part like the rest of us in this country um you know yes my ancestors too uh took advantage of the native americans and i am it's, it's it's a problem i mean it's colonial colonial whites problems are real uh we did a lot of awful things uh, our ancestors did terrible things and uh now it's it's time to move on a real not move on it's time to realize that there's a problem and work towards racial ethnic and social uh equity uh for all of us and and that's ultimately the goal now 
uh, after stepping into a hole that really, uh, as a as a white middle class man who's able to afford to run a podcast, I have nothing to complain about. Um, I'm going to pass it to Mandy, who is a woman and the only person who has any potential uh, societal pressures on her that uh, that I don't have, and say uh, you don't have to answer anything about that. It's neither here nor there. See, this is when we <laughs> dig in that social social hole, and it's hard to get out of. Mandy, what do you think? Having seen Brotherhood of the Wolf this time, uh, do you recommend it? Why? Why not? Give us the give us the overall. Yeah, it's. Um, like I said, like my, my first original opening commentary was like, why the F does like one of the prominent women in the film not have a speaking role (laughs) to add to that? One of the other prominent women in the film is, um, presented as a prostitute and then only at the very end being like oh but she was actually a secret agent like the whole so it's time. okay we can no. respect her now right she only had sex yeah. because she wanted to she's <laughs> yeah she, yeah she's not a whore she's a slut it's so much better it's it so was much empowering different. yeah like, i know or whatever it's a very strange um, choice it's a very 2000s like, choice yes. yeah um you know and then like the other like i guess like the love interest is like possibly through puberty at this point but like maybe not i don't like how old she's, was she she's like 14? In, he's in love with her for unknown reasons uh, um yeah. she doesn't he's like she's like you don't know me at all and he makes that quip it's like oh you thought i was talking about you and rides away <laughs> um you know it's like no really you don't know me at all throughout oh, the whole you, movie you um, don't. but i guess maybe it was that's the way it was i i don't really know to be fair i mean he would be moving up the social chain mm-hmm. um i don't know. don't know yeah so um I mean, like rewatching it, like that was, I mean, kind of a lot on my mind. I think in general, like the reason that I do still own this and have it in my short stack is because it takes me back to the early 2000s. Again, I'm more of like, not say exactly sentimental, but like a touchstone for touchstone of like a time in my life that is very different than the time I have now. And um, like, not so much like the particulars of the film. Uh, I was more bothered this time about the multiple endings because I am tired, a tired <laughs> parents. And I was like, when the F is this going to be over? Uh, I'm like, I got to go to sleep. Come on, seriously, wrap it up. But uh, yeah, it's, so it's complicated. Like you said, like complicated. Um, I just feel like it's not particularly um, relevant, I guess, in today's like m- movie landscape. Uh, as one of, that I'd be like, oh yeah, definitely go back and watch this because it was like really representing of like a particular time or a particular genre and like you learn from like learn from it in a cinematic sense um, or a cultural sense but since it's a period film like you don't really get that and it's just like it kind of just was very 2000s in some of the cinematography that you're going to get from other things that you would watch from that time period um so yeah i don't know i guess i would recommend it to people who are working on their french like there's two and a half hours of a film that's pretty to look at that um might also challenge what you might be learning on french history if you're also studying the french language so yeah and I, i will i will just one more time reiterate this is really a pretty film if you're interested in actually the cinematic nature of films visuals this is still absolutely worth checking out. Um, problematic story aside, the great action scenes, 
um, even the occasional overuse of the very 2000s techniques like the you know freeze frame matrix style choices um, it's still really pretty uh, and it's sort of like how we see a lot of direct-to-video and I'm not knocking direct-to-video as it can't be good but oftentimes it's not it's you know they're um, they tend to go to mimic rather than invent uh, and we get a lot of derivative things now that use the same effects to to less use to less purpose this is a purposeful movie the visuals are intentional they give you vibes they give you the feels sometimes the landscape is gorgeous it is filmed in french it is uh, beautiful sets all that stuff and the cast is great um it's just one of those where personally i didn't expect the uh the plot to hurt the film's place in time so much i think mandy you kind of hit that on the head anyway thank you guys so much for listening uh these are some of my favorite episodes when we really get into differences and, and sort of different opinions and and insights into the film so thank my guests thank me nate wyckoff please follow us on social media facebook.com slash colton classic podcast our main is instagram at Colton Classic Podcast. You can send your hate mail, rec uh, recommendations, anything you want to Colton Classic Podcast at gmail.com and go to our website, www.coltonclassicpodcast.com. Bet you didn't see that coming. To play us out, as always, is the Chud with All About Evil. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Colton Classic Podcast. This podcast is important to me, but what's more important are the rights, privileges, and freedom from violence of everyone in this country and in this world. And that means supporting Black Lives Matter. If you'd like to make a donation, please go ahead and visit coltonclassicpodcast.com where we have a list of places you can donate and help out. And please stay safe.